You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand too. Download the new Medibank app today. G'day everybody, welcome to the Carlton Show, episode Ross Ditchburn on a happy week for all Carlton supporters. We get our first win for 2017 and uh, it's a good week, it's a good week. Gold Coast coming up on Saturday night at Eddie Head Stadium. You never know. Hello, Bagsy. Hey, Andy Gecko. What a night, baby. It's a good night to be a Carlton supporter, Geck man. Evening, gents. Very happy to be here tonight. Uh, we were getting a lot of feedback from a lot of people on uh, our one social media platform, i.e. Twitter, suggesting that uh, ratings bonanza, going to be a spike in the numbers of people. Clearly, there has been, this has been something the Carlton supporters have been waiting for. Here we sit, you know, after the event, and we're all a bit smarter with the benefit of hindsight but was anybody overly surprised by what we dished up on Sunday in the conditions at the MCG? Certainly not from our side of the fence uh, and you can only really look at what we can control. Um, from that point of view uh, we've made steady progression well extreme progression from round one to two and very steadily improved from round one through to round four to what we saw on Saturday, which was, uh, well, it was just a very even, uh, magnificent performance all round. You can't you can't do anything but doff your cap to the boys. Yeah, I think the opposition is probably a little bit overrated, to be honest with you. Um, you know, bookmakers had them extremely short. I think you enjoy saying that. I think you like oh, saying that about Well, yeah, maybe a little bit, but you know what? That's that's my opinion, and and I think at the end of the day, bookmakers had them really, really short, mm. and they had us extremely long. And by the time the ball was bounced, we were five dollars into about two eighty. So somebody thought we could win the match, and the line tightened right up, didn't it? Oh, it went from thirty three and a half to about nineteen or eighteen. Weather, so weather probably had a bit to do with the line. Probably, yeah, it yeah, probably yeah, did. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you can only sort of uh, view it the way we viewed it, and exactly what yourself and and, and Gecko have said is that you know each week there was a progression. Uh, steady progression, and then you know you get Essendon, you know traditional rivals. You know we're going to have a crack, and they'll write for the pickings. So it's the two hundred forty fifth time we played them. We've got them by seven now. We're seven clear of them in the historical head to head. We're old enough I to remember the early days. Uh, it'd be nice, um, but they've been closing the gap steadily on us over the last kind of you know twenty twenty five years, and it's just nice to get one probably against the flow uh, on the weekend. Um, what was the the one thing for me that uh, I took away, and there are a whole lot of individual things that I'm sure we all want to have a chat about, good and bad. I can't imagine there's going to be too much negativity tonight, but f- feel free to throw it in towards the end. The one, the overarching thing that I took away from it, um, and then you guys tell me what it was for you, was the way we stood up in the second half. Like That game was obviously there to be won for either side at half time. Our numbers were kind of unbelievable, really, in terms of uncontested marks and the tackle count, which I know you'll be um, super sort of stoked about Bagsy was through the roof. But the fact that when the game was on the line and they came and they kicked easy answering goals to ours, which gave us a little bit of ascendancy in the centre, our blokes just stood up like two a man uh, as a unit. They didn't let the ball get past them. They refused to wilt. Uh, They won their key one-on-ones. Uh, the fact that they just they just played hard nosed professional footy that saw them get a much deserved result. Oh, as far as all the individual stuff's concerned, we're going to talk about that. But from a team perspective, that was massive for me. Massive, massive, massive for me that we did that. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Um, I think they've had a game plan that they went in with, and well, last week we didn't get the win, but this week. Um, they certainly went in with a good game plan. Um, it worked in the first half, um, and in the second half, the rain came. They had to change it up a little bit. Um, they weren't as precise with their passing and chipping and you know the uncontested mark yep, you're talking yep. about. But what they did in the second half was up their contested ball, which they were, apparently they were 20 behind at halftime, which was surprised me because I thought we were going okay in that area. Uh, but in the second half, we upped the contested ball and then won it won the contested ball for the match. So, 
you know, I think, you know, coaching's a big thing uh, in footy these days, but you've got to have the players out there to carry out what these coaches are actually telling them to do and getting them to do. So I think that's pretty big for us at the moment to see we've got game plans. They're not always the same each week, and there's huge improvement in all of that area, I think. That was the biggest big-ticket item for you from a general sort of perspective, Geckman? I look, there there were a lot of points. Um, What I'll start with personally, and and we'll expand on other things as we go along, but the back six have developed in a very short space of time. Um, (laughs) We saw, I could not, I I was saying this a number of times, I could not work out how we were leaking so many goals in the JLT and round one because on paper, those back six all looked very solid. quality and uh, solid defensive qualities amongst all six of those members. For some reason, it wasn't working, but we've seen a steady progression from round one to four with the way they have structured up, uh, been very disciplined in the way they go about their contests um, to the point where on Sunday it came together... uh, I think there were a number of mitigating factors that allowed them to come together on the day, which I again might sort of speak in a broader context later on. But to a man, that back six held like a Maginot line, the the famed Maginot line of uh, pre, you know, post World War Two or whatever it was during World War. Might have been World War One. World War One. It was during World War One. Anyway, I look yep. that up on Google. Listeners. That's <laughs> no, uh, interesting. M A G I N O T. But you know, it it they those six guys played well to their potential, if not above, to their maximum potential on on the weekend. Um, that's a benchmark and something we can look forward to for the rest of the season. If these guys stay fit, they're going to just keep getting better and better. And the beauty of uh, the, the, the fact that each individual played so well in their role meant that Doherty and Simpson could breathe a sigh of relief, thinking, you know, we don't have to mop up for everyone's mistakes because everybody's looking after their man, they're all playing their role. What they did was just do all the other things that you need to do, uh, cleaning up, making things nice and neat on the sides, sort of picking up the loose ball. And Doherty came in the last quarter. like He was back in town in the last quarter, the way he finished the game. It it was just a full defensive uh, tick, tick, tick all the way through that game. It was brilliant. I can't disagree with any of that. I made some notes just just in terms of the kind of the three types of defenders that we've got at the moment. And this is just on the guys that we've seen um, this year. I've thrown Kieran Byrne in for the time being. But we've got McCready, Plowman, Marchbank and Weedering, you know, when we need him as the young, tall defenders. We're going to build our defence around, um, you know, for the next decade. We've got Doherty and Simo as the drop-off kind of generals. Simo has maybe got one more year. Who knows? He's got this year and maybe next year. And suddenly you see what Tom Williamson did. You've got Williamson and Kieran Byrne when he's fit as the just-go-your-hardest boys. Get the footy and run and launch. Get Gussie Sheen into the mix. If he can get himself back to where he needs, he can throw another one in there as well. But suddenly, and that's just the back... That's just the back six or seven, and that's on exposed form. There might be another couple that we don't know about yet, but suddenly you look at that and you go, well, they've got that area of the ground from a list perspective, not just for next week. They've got that area of the ground from a list perspective in pretty good nick. Mm. That's pretty good nick. Oh, definitely. I reckon even Williamson coming in on the weekend when no one really knew how he was going to adapt to you know his first game as an 18-year-old, but... Um, him going down back allowed Simpson to start on the wing. Mm. He started on the wing many, many times. Now, whether he was a winger pushing in or a winger pushing back. Defensive midfielder, what, mate. Absolutely. Whatever it was, yep, yep. whatever it was, allowed him just to come up the ground a little bit more, Simo, instead of playing the sweeper role that he normally does. Uh, so that that was a big plus too. I didn't... I actually left one out um, in that group of defenders, and I can't believe I've done it. I didn't put Sam Rowe's name in that oh. group. 
Sam Rowe, oh, when we huge. get to the votes later on, oh, you'll see huge. how highly I rated his game. He, when Sam Rowe, and we talked about this in the first podcast of the year, when Sam Rowe um, backs himself to beat his opponent That's and the play the footy, mm. he is a fantastic player. Like He is uh, extremely adept at beating his opponent one-on-one. He's much more than just a scragging, um, spoiling machine. He is a guy who can beat his opponent aerially in significant and telling one-on-one contests. And he, uh, you and I were having a chat earlier today. He did Danaher cold. Oh, yeah. he, and he, many, he did him cold times. many times. Many times. They're important ones too because I think in the past, whether it be Roe or someone else, every time that situation would occur as a Carlton supporter, you'd be always fearing the worst Yep. in that situation. Yep. yep. But I think, you know, himself, Plowman had plenty of one-on-ones that he won, and they stood up. You know, you're a big one, Gex, for blokes standing up in the contest. Mm. They stood up. They didn't fall over at the wrong times. Um, There was one passage of play in the third quarter, I remember, which really, it was McCready was chasing a ball um, that was going towards the Essendon goals. It was probably about 30-40 out. And he got there before his opponent. His opponent was on his ginger, he had Doherty two metres inside him, inside him uh, running towards the Essendon goal and, an, and another Essendon player behind Doherty. And, like, your heart was fluttering. You thought, no, this is not going to go well. This is, you know, he's going to get caught. It's going to be, you know, no, no good. McCready gets the ball, dishes off a two-metre, it was only a two-metre hand pass, yeah. to the advantage of uh, Doherty running towards uh, Essendon's goal, hit him beautifully. Uh, neither player got any contact from an Essendon player. He he quickly switched that ball over to Plowman and he went down the other way. I think we got a point out of it, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the result. The result was that if that had happened two, three years ago, I'm sure our players would have stuffed that up. <laughs> oh, oh, we're you know, I'm sorry, you, but you know, that's, yep. that's the way I thought. But it was good to see those little things. And then there was a McCready, McCready to Williamson to Plowman on that outer wing. It just... Makes you feel good that these are two 18 year olds, pick 47, pick 61, mm. playing in round three against the arch rival, connecting. Mm. Connecting. Like, that's important. It really is. It, it is. just makes you smile. It does. It does. Um, I'll tell you something about Plowman. And I got told this by somebody who I believe would know. He hurt his back on Thursday. This is the stuff that tells you about, this is the stuff that goes to kind of character, I reckon. I'm told he hurt his back on Thursday and was basically flat on his back for three days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday was basically immobile. Just you've got to be, you know, you've got to be prone. Your back's no good. Um, We'll give you every chance to get up for the game, but it's not going to, obviously it wasn't going to be looking good having hurt his back on the Thursday. He gets up, Plowman, and this kid is getting better he is oh. growing in stature and confidence Incredible. every week. His numbers, just his pure, you know, statistical, basic footy metrics are through the roof. And yep. somebody sent us, I think Nick, Nick, who listens to the show, does a bit of work with the um, Northern Blues, sent us his numbers. And he's averaging, you know, 16 touches, seven marks, and going to about 93% oh, disposal huge. efficiency this year. Oh, suddenly when Plowman's around the footy now, I'm, I'm very comfortable now. I, I think he's... He, he's got a strength about him. He's calm, um, and I'm a believer that he used in his in his decision making and usage. You know, all of those things that were um, blips for him in the early parts of his career as a giant, um, which prevented him, you know, being in an AFL season fit. They seem to be behind him now, and he's got a preseason. And at twenty one. Lockie Plowman, I guess he yeah, is. Yeah, he'd be around there. Yeah, he's now finding his feet as an AFL player. Mm. And it's blue skies ahead for that young man. And he's just another one of those. I mean, you, you, you summed it up perfectly, Gecko. But as an, from an individual perspective, what he's producing now is just a massive tick for mm. me and optimism for the future going forward. Oh, I, thought it was, I thought it was another great performance by him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, talk, we're on the positives here at the moment, obviously. I think... What I noticed on the weekend was the reaction to every goal we kicked. We kicked seven 100%. goals. One hundred percent. The the reaction after every single goal compared to the the Essendon team, 
they're, they're obviously expecting to beat us. There's no doubt about that. And their supporters would have been expecting to beat us, you know, because we're the easy beats of the comp. But Lloyd, Lloyd, he would have been expecting to beat us. He would have expected yep, us yep. to beat us. But, um, but, but that, when, we, oh, the hubris level's out of control now. No, Just no, let us know, no, no, right. no, 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 no. A bit of a prod. Yeah, no, no. Lloyd, by the way, it was Carlton, uh, the once... Great team, seven fifteen fifty seven, <laughs> Essendon six six forty two. If you didn't remember what the score was, I'll just. Tell I heard you. him on AW tonight. He did drink his own vomit and actually say, "Well done, Blues." Oh, jeez, unbelievable! He drank his own vomit. Well, you know. Well, you know what he's saying. Right. Right. Yeah. But anyway, the reaction. Oh, geckoism, as they <laughs> Sorry, say. in case you're eating dinner. The reaction to each and every seven goals that we kicked was incredible. Not even um, the players actually kicked them. I saw Thomas pump the air. I saw. Silvani go crazy. They were all invested in this mm. game. They knew what it meant. All right? And every single goal was celebrated and really celebrated. And it it really warms your heart. You know, we've been talking about this a bit. Yep. We have been we talking have. about this a bit. Yep. That you want to see them celebrate your goals. Then the final siren goes, and boy, did they celebrate. It meant a lot for a lot of blokes out there. And it was great to see young blokes pump the air. Old blokes go over to them and and realise what this went this this win what it actually meant to them and meant to the supporters the members the, the whole club the whole club it's a big big tick it's one game I know it's one game Mm-mm. out of hopefully many in the future but when you can get that little monkey off your back and most might have, even I might have been predicting that we were going to have a really really slow start you know in the first eleven games well. You know, when you get a win like this and you see them celebrate this and celebrate goals and celebrate the siren, and then you see the way they sing the song, you know, and there was more inside the circle than the outside the circle. Mm. Um, and again, it's just warming to see all these guys celebrate every single, you know, moment. I agree. Well, in all the words that Brendan Bolton used after the game, um, he talked about unity. One, that was one thing he really pressed in his post-game press conference, that he wants this team to be united. And that's easier said than done sometimes. So to your point, Baz, you want to see real evidence that that, is, that exists amongst the group. And we're not privy to what goes on behind closed doors in the locker room. You know, there might be a handful of you listening who go to every training session and you might get a sense for you know, whether they're good mates and they enjoy each other's company much more than we do. Um, so for some of us, the only spotlight that you get um, to that end is on game day when they are together in our in the public's gaze and that is a telltale sign. I get over to pick a bloke up. When somebody gets hit, I go in to retaliate. We talked about it last week. The first blokes in were young kids. Weedering went in when Cripps got hit. Jack followed him in. When Rowie went down, the young blokes went straight in. It was the young blokes that got to the aid of their fallen teammates last week or their felled teammates last week. Both of them got up to their credit. And the other way is when they kick a goal, they share in the joy and the jubilation. And to Brendan Bolton's search for unity and a united team, um, well, the evidence is there for you to see it. They win a game. They enjoy the high moments and... That's, you said it puts a smile on your face and it uh, there's warms no, your heart. There was nothing, there's nothing fabricated about nothing what you see there. It, it's all real. It's natural. It's what they're genuinely feeling. You can see that. Uh, apparently pre-game too, uh, Sticks Kernahan mm-hmm. presented uh, Williamson with his uh, debut jumper uh, for the game and gave a, a, a resounding speech to the boys before the game. So... I reckon they were a bit prickled up before they went out there. There was they were, they were talking about how inspiring that that was before the game. So. I wonder if he said we are Carlton and F the rest. He does get himself up for Essendon games. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got himself up for Essendon games. There's no question about that. Mm. He's found a way, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Williamson, lads, oh. talk to me about him individually because I reckon there's a there's a knock on effect that I want to raise um, with you after you've spoken about your observations of his first up performance. Poise? Uh, I, I mentioned him in podcast one, just going in on his highlights package. I liked the way he moved. He looked, um, to me, Northern Ballarat, uh, country boy. I reckon he's just a really hard worker and a real mentally tough individual just as a kid to get to where he, he's gone. I reckon it's all been off his own bat. Mm. Um, 
I love the size. I love he's got a bit of toe. Uh, and the left foot, uh, I'd love to, I would love to have seen that second quarter snap goal oh, running through yeah, centre forward go through. Cause oh, yeah. He kicked one against Richmond in the twos. Yeah, a few I know. Weeks ago, Neil, Neil, it was, was similar, exactly wasn't it? Very similar. And and he he was kicking himself after he missed it too. You yeah. could see he was dirty on himself. But he's he didn't gonna... miss by much in those conditions. Yeah. Was, no, 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 no. He's got yeah. good skills, mm. and he uses the ball. I mean, look, I like I like everything about him. I think my from what I have seen, and I I can't legitimise this until further evidence. He he might have issues aerially. Uh, obviously, that wasn't uh, there to be worried about on the weekend. So. That, it's going to be. I, I see him as a midfielder. I'm going to be interested to see where he ends up as a player. But certainly for the short term, let's see him keep playing. I mean, he, he's giving us X factor, that that unknown sort of uh, element that you love seeing in a team because you know we don't have enough of that. We need all the kids give us a spark in areas that we lack. And I've seen whether it's five, ten minutes of the game. Or as we saw with SBS, he's sort of in, you know, he's going for those, t- from a 10-minute burst, he's putting in three to four quarters of footy now. And it, it, it happens quickly with some bl- some of these blokes when they believe in themselves. Um, let's just see more of it. It's great. I can't believe his first game, Williamson. No. Ended up with 16 touches. He's got poise. He's got balance. Um, he's not afraid to tackle. Um, McCready, Williamson, Wiedering. I'm not sure if they all come from the same family because they all just seem to have um, minds of men in kids' bodies. They just seem, when you hear them talk and everything, they're just very, they don't panic. No one panics. Those guys there that have come in, I haven't seen any of these new guys, young guys, even SPS, they don't panic. Mm. Right? It's a really good trait to have. And I'm going to say this. I think Williamson, to me, looked like a bloke on the weekend. If if I have not known anything about the Carlton side and who was new players, who was old players, to me, he looked like a 30-50 gamer. Mm. Mm. He's playing round, He's playing his first blooming game. Tough conditions. It's unreal. I, I just, yep. I, I'm just so excited, and I can't. I don't want to go over the top. It's silly to go over the top, but when you see these guys here give the older guys a lift. And I think that's what they're doing too. They're mm. giving some of these old guys a bit of a lift. Um, and you know what? They're keeping a few blokes out. Oh, yeah, mate. Hey, no question about that. You know, Absolutely oh, no you know, You know the one I'm going to... You know, like Billy Smets, we all thought he was very, very unlucky not to play on the weekend. And we all said that. I actually gave him a vote last week. So did I. I hear from someone that the reason why he was out was that um, may not have gone as hard as what they expected him to, perhaps preserving his shoulders and what have you. Um, Because on his game possession-wise and and what he did with the ball looked okay to me, but, you know, there was that... They might think he just plays a little bit too bruise-free. So um, Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we know what they're doing. We know what they're saying to Nick Graham. We know, we, we, know, we know what... I mean, it might have been Jamo that told us that. I stand to be quick and apologise to Jamo if I'm giving him um, a, a, a quote that belonged to somebody else. But they want Nick Graham to go and get his own footy in the VFL. They, want, they don't want him to be given the ball. They want him to go get it. And this is clearly... If, if that has happened with Billy Smets, and you can understand, we like Smets because he was neat, did, neat yeah. with the footy, and we need guys who are neat with the footy. Yeah, good. I didn't see him getting dropped personally, but... No. You know, they see things that we what don't... happens on the inside that we don't see. So that's mm. it, right? They want their mids um, to be get-your-own-footy guys. Put your head over it. And I don't think... We're, no one's accusing Smets of no. sleeping with the light on. No, no one's saying that. But maybe because his body's been battered, he wants to play a self-preservational brand yeah. of footy a it little can't bit. can't be a purely uncontested Can't footballer. do it. Mm. Can't do it. Mm. So here's what I want to put to you two blokes about Tom Williamson, right? And we'll get to Petreski seaton in a moment because he deserves to be spoken about. But Williamson more than Petreski seaton because Petreski seaton's elite and everybody in Australia knew that he was going to make an impact sooner rather than later, and it will be a long-term impact at the AFL level. But for guys like Williamson, who come in at pick 61, yeah. there's no guarantees. So Williamson comes in in his first game and does what he does. Every other young guy on the Carlton list, 
And for the first time that I can remember, we are actually building a team on a flotilla of young players. Mm. Every other young player looks at what Tom Williamson did on the weekend and goes, shit, I want a piece of that. <laughs> I can do that. I know I'm as good as Tommy. Mm. Cam Polson knows that. Zach Fisher knows that. Dave Cunningham knows that. Harry Mackay knows that. All the guys that haven't had a lick of the ice cream yet, they know that. Tom Williamson was probably standing there thinking, shit, I can, I'm as good as Harry McCready. I can get in there and do that. Harry McCready paved the way for Tom Williamson. Tom Williamson paves the way for Cam Polson. Polson lets Fisher through. He, they let them all believe that this is a team and a coach and a coaching staff that are going to give me a chance to play if I do all the right things in the lower levels. And suddenly that sense of um, your nostrils fill up as a young player and they go, well, the opportunity is in front of me here. If I take it, if I do all the things that I'm asked to do, I'll be given a shot at it here and I can do it. I can actually do this. You also get the sense now that we're into round four and we've seen some of the uh, changes in the team that the communication to the players has been pretty clear as to what the expectations are so that there, there can't really be any arguments. Spot on, Geeks. So, you know, that clarity is really important for players because they can get dirty thinking, oh, coaches favouring so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure that it's black and white mm. with our, co- our coaching staff now. And that's great too, you know. People want clarity. They want to know what they have to do to get from A to B. And I think that's being shown um, in these early stages that we're going to draw lines in certain points of the uh, of the KPIs, whatever you want to measure it, and, and you have to meet these qualities before you get a game in the ones. There's not going to be no free rides, and you have to you have to play your role once you get in there. That's great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. SBS? Well, go on. Go on. Talk, talk to me about him. Bloody special. Oh, mate. Bloody special, mate. If he's, you know... The second week in a row, he's kicked a goal and and beats the the, the CFC on his on his um chest. Goes right, doesn't it? Oh, uh, mate, that's that's just awesome. <laughs> but, but I, I love that. But more to the point is what he does with the ball. Uh, is is it cat like? It is. It's cat like. You know, he's got something really special. And I think when he really understands the game, we're going to see some phenomenal things out of this kid. Really phenomenal. I. I I can't really think what sort of player I'm thinking about at the moment. You guys might think of a player at the moment who you can, might be able to compare. I, I can't really at the moment. But um, I just love the way he gathers the ball, doesn't panic, knows that teams these days don't go for you straight away. They'll give you a little second or two, right? He knows that. He's not stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so all of a sudden, and then he'll dance He'll do a dance here or a dance there. That's true. Unfortunately, you know, a couple of his kicks haven't been the best over the first two weeks, but the conditions were terrible on the weekend. But I can see him, you know, kicking his three goals from time to time and busting a game open. Yeah. Well, well, goals yeah. were a premium, weren't they, yeah, on the oh, weekend? Definitely. Seven for the match we kicked. He's, he was involved in two of them. Well, there you go. He assisted with that handball out, out of the congestion and, yep. and opened up for yep. Cripps to kick yep. the goal. Yep. And then he snapped that. He snapped that bloody goal from in the middle of fifteen that? players. How's he kicked that. It was was it know. out? Was it wasn't left? It was the outside of the right? What was that? It was a boomerang directly in front or something? Right? Oh. I don't know what it was. I, I can't. Know. I don't know. He got the purchase on the ball, but <laughs> I was too invested. I was doing ape shit. He's yeah. going to be. Um, he's look again. You say keep your don't lose your mind on this. No one. Hopefully, we're not. But I will say this about him. He's got big playmaker written all over him. He's got. He's played three games. But he, he, he looks to me like a player who wants to be in the game when the game oh, needs yeah. to be sorted Definitely. out. And I, and I reckon we're going to be looking at um, Sam Petreski-Seaton over, you know, Touchwood, 200-plus games. And we're going to look back and, I don't know, maybe the way... Oh, look. Maybe the... And I'm not doing it because one's Indigenous and, and so is the other. But maybe the way Cyril Rioli can influence a game or... Um, you know, those, the magical players who have got something that is hard, like you say, it's cat-like, I can't put my finger on it, I don't know who he reminds me of. The ones that have got something a little bit special, um, I think he's going to, he's going to inject himself into games of football at the right time, and I think we're going to see him often be in the middle 
of games when it's hot and when, you know, someone with something pretty special can just make something happen. I feel like he's going to be that type of player. And there's a lot of great players. There's a lot of great players who are great players and they don't have that. They just chug away for four quarters. I think Prochesky certainly is going to be a regular ball winner, but he's got something. Mm, he's just got something, hasn't he? Weeders? Weeders come back on the ground? Just oh. before we go on with Weeders, mm. have you ever seen a guy invent more ways to get hurt than Weedering in a short career? He's had a bad run. My goodness a bad run. me. He gets hit a lot. I, I hope he's just getting them all out of the road nice and <laughs> Let's early. Let's hope so. Because... Let's hope so. If I Let's see, he's ready if for I see this day. continue as some sort of a uh, pattern, <laughs> I'm going to start. I, t- yeah. I don't want insurance yeah. premiums on yeah. this guy. Well, Matt, I, keep, I think, I think there was a little up. bit of an overreaction by the media saying that, um, oh, he shouldn't have been allowed back on the ground and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Teddy, like, Teddy Richards, Teddy Richards uh, weighed in with a tweet about this. But I, I look, I, he jogged off the ground. Hmm. He didn't walk off the ground. wasn't stretched off the ground. He didn't seem to be concussed. He was just... It just it hurt. It shook him. I reckon it shook, it shook him. him. It hurt. Yeah, it actually yeah. hurt. It was at the front. It hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no way known any AFL club doctor would allow someone to go back on the mm. ground in this day and age if that player was not ready. No, he wasn't concussed. So, come on. Let's, please. Chris, so, Mas- is it Chris Hurley? Hurley. The, no, is, Michael Hurley. Michael, uh, how the hell he stayed out on the ground is beyond me. He's got a hard head. It's unbelievable. Well, here's credit to here's credit to Weedering, right? Now we talked. I I brought this up in the first podcast. Yeah, yeah. you didn't think he pushed through, perhaps. He, I think he worried about getting hurt a lot, and if he got a knock, he his initial starting point was to think the worst of it. Oh, my shoulder's gone. I've po- I've done my collarbone. Um, you know, I've torn a hamstring or whatever it might be. But then he 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 settled down and he'd come back on. This year, completely different. We've seen him push through. Uh, a corky, he's stayed on, he's come back on, he's gone off and come back on. On the weekend, he had um, Ambrose lined him up, lined him up fairly and hit him hard, hit him really hard. And you're right, it hurt him. When he, here's, that's, that's all that. When he came on, he had seven or eight possessions when he came back onto the ground, when the game was there to be won in the second half. Some telling marks. One fumble, one fumble I saw. What does that tell you? Everything other than that was sure-handed. Uh, one touch, clean, around the ground, put himself right back in when it had to be, and he didn't worry about it. He didn't worry about copping another one. I just think the kid, you know, we keep singing his praises. He blows us away. How, how good was the mark, too, in the uh, second quarter on Hurley, was it? Yeah, it was great. We just got rid of him. Stiff arm, yeah, yeah, he held yeah. his ground, missed the set shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he pushed off him into the hole. And opening quarter. First quarter. Opening quarter. First quarter. Opening quarter. Yeah, first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a great match. And it shows, that shows that he knows what he's doing. Mm. He knows what he's doing as a forward, as, right. as adeptly as he knows um, how to handle himself as a defender. 100%, mate. 100%. There was something that I, I, I think I texted you guys before the match, and I said, if, if they do this, I'm going to go mad. If they handball, over use mm. of the handball, you know, wet conditions. And I said, they've got to kick it off the ground. They've got to gain yardage. You know, when you gain yardage in those wet conditions, you know how hard it is for the opposition to get back the other way? And I think we wore oh, them into, yeah, yeah. into the ground. No doubt, mate. Just wore them into the ground. Yep. You know, minute by minute, we just kept cruiser, just kicking it off the ground. Just keep it. You know, even if it's a 10, 15 minute kick and whatever they were doing, they, they, they were intently making metres and yardage. Because they knew that this mob was going to tire coming back the other way. Yep. yep. And they just kept doing it throughout the whole match. Um, more so the second half than the first. And then I said to you today, um, the last seven or eight minutes, I've never watched a game in my life. Comfortable. Were Being you comfortable? Com- yeah, I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I put, I put the shutters up. Yep. I put the shutters up. I did. I put the shutters I, I just up. Kept, every time I looked at the scoreboard, two more minutes, yeah. two I, more minutes, yeah, two more I minutes. I just put the shutters up. I just basically sat there and hardly watched the ball. I was just watching them set up behind the play, mm. and I said to myself, they've got no hope of getting through this. They've got no hope at all of getting through this. You know, like, Fiona says to me, oh, mum just texts us, four minutes to go. I said, we're home, darling, anyway. Right. We're home. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> you know, and I go, we're home. Two two minutes to go, or was it one minute to go, Kerry just gets the mark. Yeah. You know, I look at her streaming with tears. Isn't that great? You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't know what we guys have felt. Mm. She's got no idea. Mm. Now, she sees one win against Essendon, and she's 
She feels it. She mm. wants it. She wants more. You know what I mean? And you just think to yourself, Jesus, one day, one day, we're going to put it all together and we're going to get, and we're going to lift that holy grail. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you now, it'll be a, a massive day and it will happen before I die. And um, the, the special moment, though, for me was when uh, Kerno kicks the goal. Yep. And they all just got around him. They knew then they had him. They knew. They knew they had him then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you could just tell in their in their in their faces that you know, sauce went off his oh, head. Yeah, they all went it? crazy and I just said, They they know they've got this mob. Mm. And that was a probably a long way out. Was it? it was probably about it's six minutes to go. Was well, it I'm that? I'm not really sure, but they had. They knew they had that game locked yeah. away. But yeah. I'm like you, Gex. I was comfortable as anything. The other part, the other, the other side of the equation to how well the back six were was how well the middle of the ground played. Now we, we say midfield, but you, other than the uh, the back six, the entire rest of the team acted as a midfield on that day. They were the buffer between the the play and the back line. And that that uh, team midfield basic effort it was a revolving scrum basically in the conditions. They put so much effort into harassing, uh, tackling, smothering, chasing all those one percenters. They wore Essendon down just by a combined yeah. weight of effort. Yep. And it was so. It was the back six obviously doing their job, but because the effort of the rest of the team was so good and basically we kept it in our own forward line for significant parts of the game keeping the pressure off those back six Anonymous. guys but the uh, that that intensive effort gave time for the backmen to set up they actually could talk to each I could see them because I, I I'm behind the goals where I sit you could see Simo waving, Doc waving, and they had time to say, no, no, you, you've got to be the sweeper. Get right behind. And, and you could see them setting up in a way that they had like three lines yep. of defence. Yep. Uh, so it was just, it was beautiful to watch. I, I oh. mean, the conditions clearly were in our favour. But it was team team congestion combined with that back six mm. in combination, all working in harmony on the day that affected that win. Look, you say conditions favoured us, and... and I think the conditions favoured us because we went out there with the mindset that we were going to harass, we we're going to spoil That's pressure acts. We had in our minds that we're not going to let this one go today. Mm. We let one go last week. We're not going to let it go. So I, I understand what you're saying that the conditions maybe favoured us because it didn't favour the Danahers. It slowed and the, the game down. And, yeah. We couldn't the, the slingshot the skill. And the yeah, fast-paced yeah, slingshot yeah, yeah. wasn't on for that But day. the first half wasn't really, really wet. And no, we matched no. it in every area. That's and, true. But, so, the, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do get that, but you still have to have that. You still have to go on the ground with that mindset. No, no. It's not taking know. anything we, away. We were a lot stronger than them I, in pressure acts. No, no doubt And, you know, like, mate, I'll tell you now, I, I saw many, many, too many to mention just that little hand or that smother. Um, oh, mate, there was too many to mention, way too many to mention. You know, tackles were through the 110. roof. 110. 111. No, it was actually 110, I think. 111. 111. It's a record, Carlton record. It's a club I record. I actually counted 113, it's a, but it's we'll a, go with 111. The 21st highest recorded tackle count in the since these figures yeah. have been kept yeah. in the history of the game. Yeah. Well, they had 97, right, mm. which is pretty good too, just yeah. quietly. Yeah. But we had 20 inside our 50. Just give you a little example. Last week we had three yeah. inside fifty. Yep. This week twenty. It's an amazing game, isn't it? When you apply yourself in certain areas that count. We'll get to our votes in a minute, and I reckon that'll give us a chance to expand on a couple of the individuals who we might have missed on the way through. Votes so already, far. Andy. No, we'll, people we'll, want us to go for two and a half no, no, hours. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to those. But but so we can't talk about every single player. But can I just say, last week on the on the show. Um, I spoke about Bryce Gibbs, um, you know, apropos of, uh, you know, a journo Mick Warner revisiting the fact that he might be off to Adelaide again at the end of the year and the deal would probably get done this time. And, you know, we said what we said. We made the plea to Bryce that, okay, if you've got 20 left, then give us your best, Bryce. Well, he gave us his best on the weekend. He still didn't kick it 
as well as he can in terms of percentages, but he played the percentages. He played the percentages of his kicking on the weekend. He knew that it was about get the thing down the field. If it doesn't hit one of our targets, that's okay. Chances are they'll fumble. We'll get numbers down there. We'll lock it in. I thought his possessions were telling. Even more so than that, and this goes to the don't tell me that Bryce Gibbs doesn't care about being a Carlton player. When Go back and have a look at um, when Mark Murphy kicks the miracle goal, the banana. Go and have a look at the video. And Murph was the centre stage, obviously. But have a look at Bryce Gibbs. Gibbs set it up for him. Mm. And not that he could set it up because it was the impossible angle. But Gibbs got the footy to him. Now, Gibbs and Murphy are great mates. But Gibbs's jubilation, I mean, was unbridled. He, look, I said this last week, and I know this in my heart of hearts, and I sent him a, and look, I sent him a message after the game, and he sent me a message back, and he, and he just said, he said, hashtag the baggers. He just said, yeah, thanks, mate. It was a win we really needed, hashtag baggers. Now, if he doesn't care about Carlton, mm. he doesn't do that. Mm. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say hashtag baggers. He's in, mate. He's in. Now, he might not be there after this year for family reasons, and we, we'll, we'll send him on his way. Um, but give us 19 more of those, and, mate. That's it. That's all we want well, from you, yeah. you know? Andy, well, that's just going on one reporter's. Um, I'm just saying. You know, no, I mean, no, like, no. you know, if he knows what he's talking about, he might, it might be an absolute a fable, so who knows? But I'm not worried about that. I'm, uh, not, look, I'm not going to be dirty if Bryce Gibbs does go home. I but, always you know, try I'm not gonna... and be objective with my opinions, and. Objectively, I see Bryce as occasionally being one or, you know, occasionally he's up for it and occasionally he's in, you know, the whole lot, or the whole nine yards he's, he's in. And some games he doesn't appear to be completely in on the game. But the man, both inside and outside, worked his heart and soul out on the weekend. Mm. He was part of that 22 guys playing for one another, for the jumper, for the club, for the supporters. No problem whatsoever. There were no passengers. And he was leading from the front start to finish. All I ask for, a, a guy of his quality, his seniority, his leadership, apparently he's part of the leadership group, You you have to demand that of that type of player. And that's all I'm expecting from him. Mate, you're in my votes this week. How could you not be? Because you gave your all and you came off exhausted, and that's what we want you to do every week. Yeah, here, here, here. Okay, so go on. Any negatives? Uh, can I, before you, I know you got a couple tucked away, but can yeah. I just only one? One, one last positive. That'll be very quick. One last positive before you get into the um, bits that we could clean up. Last week we talked about um, the fact that we all found it a bit, sort of a bit of a challenge to find the votes last week for our Carlton Show BNF and. We all agreed that, um, to various degrees, that this was a coaching-led uh, performance against Melbourne. They've got it right again this week. And there are a lot of people uh, outside Carlton. And unfortunately, we said this early in the, sh- in the podcast series this year, unfortunately, some people who claim to be Carlton supporters, who are Carlton supporters, who have got it in for Brendan Bolton. They think he's a, you know, they think he's cliche-driven. That we know, we know all the stuff. It's all been oh, said, right? Yeah. It's all been said. We know what the critics say. They want him to be. They don't want him to speak in, um, you know, football cliches. They want him to tell it like it is and um, be something that clearly the man is not. Well, he's a coach. That's what he does. He coaches and he makes footballers better. That's what Brendan Bolton has always done. He did it in Tasmania. He helped do it at Hawthorne, and in a very short space of time, he's helping do that at Carlton. So if you are one of those. If you're one of those people who, for somehow in the back of your mind, you just can't cop him for some reason, just let the week by week, and there'll be some slip ups. There'll be some weeks where it all goes pear shaped, and it, you know, we just get we get taken hold. We get held. An opposition gets hold of us. Um, but I am very confident that Brendan Bolt and this team of coaches that he's got around him, around him, are very much. Um, they know what they're doing, and they're doing it the right way. I think what you say is absolutely spot on uh, in terms of what he's doing to make them better players. But I also think he's actually he's all about making them better people too. Mm. I think he's said that numerous times. At Carlton, we're about making 
these young people, men, and teaching them off the field how to... Um, Values, mate. Exactly. Good you, values. You saw, you saw, I don't know if you guys saw the journey um, when McCready stepped on the bus and he was told, you know, they were all told that, you know, when you're introduced to somebody, you shake their hand, you say your name, right? He gets on, or, so they all get on the bus and, you know, these young blokes and they're all shaking the bus driver's hand, g'day, I'm so-and-so. Well, McCready gets on with a packet of sandwiches and just walks straight past the bus driver and Bolton's sitting there and he goes, hey, hey. Back here. Did you forget something? <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, yeah. Everyone, off the bus, 10 push-ups. It was just fantastic, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, stuff. he's teaching blokes <laughs> manners, respect. We could go on, couldn't mm. we? But, I mean, if you're going to be a good player, do it in the right way, I think. And and, and I think, you know, these guys, they're, they're good kids. I reckon mm. they've picked too. Mm. I reckon they've picked very wisely, very wisely. I think they've gone deep into their past, deep into their... I think Jamo said something about they go into their schoolboy coaches and whatever and yeah, sit with yep. top of players and their mums and dads and all the rest of it. I think they've got a good bunch. Really do. The 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 10 or 11 we've picked up in the last two dra- drafts, I think you can see that they're good kids. He, I could be wrong. I don't know. I just You can see it, I reckon. He, he is a sim- symbol... Um, and a very welcome one from um, my perspective, at the very least, of the new Carlton. The, the, you, t- you said, let's leave the hubris at the front door coming in here tonight, f- clearly fearful that we're going to go over the top. But this is a very different Carlton. We've got a president who doesn't, he doesn't get in the paper. He doesn't do TV shows. He doesn't say anything stupid. He is all about getting good people around the place to and, and changing the culture of the footy club at an executive and administrative perspective. He's got a CEO who had a few um, knocks in recent times, but uh, is very much about um, engaging elements of the Carlton supporter base that hadn't been engaged with in the past and introducing new ones, including more people into the Carlton family. The executive has changed to include more women. It's become a more equal, a more inclusive workspace. The coach is not a messiah figure. He is not, I know everything. He's not um, a big money guy that's come from another club who thinks he's got all the answers. He's none of that. He is a coach by executive, coach by committee, no hierarchy, no hierarchy. I spoke to one of the coaches at a function I was at a couple of weeks ago, um, and he said it's... It's actually a bit um, disarming at times how I'm an assistant, he's the senior coach, but there's no pecking order. He's got the job, but I've got as much, if he wants me to go, I've got as much latitude and as um, much authority as any other coach in the coaching panel, himself included. He, the buck stops with him, but that's the, that's the attitude and atmosphere that Bolton's created amongst the coaches I think he, I just, I've just got a feeling, and you know, we'll, it'll all be dictated to by results. But I just feel like he's such the right man for this football club at the right time. We said that a couple of weeks ago, but I actually think that he's a better strategy. They're better strategically, and they're better at setting up against the opposition, and they're just better at seeing, you know, the game in its kind of modern, um, in its modern guise. They're better. They're better at that than we had recently. And oh, that goes without saying. They're, be- they're better, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, there's no one-dimensional way of playing. No. With this mob, there's the flexibility. There's uh, swing men. We've got all sorts of stuff going on at the moment, and and each player is expected to have a complementary set of skills for the modern game. They're not sort of. Just making up numbers and and sort of sitting on the on a man for the, for the game, they they're expected to do the whole gamut of what's required in modern football. Uh, just on the subject of of coaching, as we're talking about it now, I'll, I'll take it on a tangent because under the heading of why did we win this week, I I put down as my first point the coaching panel. Please take a bow, bow mm. because we had a better preparation than our opposition. We implemented a better game plan than our opposition. We tweaked our list 
for the conditions because there were two or three changes uh, between uh, Thursday and, and Sunday that at, uh, added uh, better personnel to the team. And first quarter was dry conditions. We played a completely different brand of footy. We played an uncontested chip around style of footy which worked for the conditions. As soon as that downpour came and changed the, the game, we changed with it, and we were still the better team after that change in weather conditions. So, again, these guys knew exactly what they were going to do before they ran out on the ground. There were no hiccups. There were no scary moments. It was smooth. And I just thought it wasn't just the 22 out on the ground that should take a bow, mm. but the, the coaching panel as a whole, because they really prepared beautifully for this game. Yeah, Couldn't agree more. No, Couldn't agree more. Okay, so the knocks. There's one big, big negative. Yeah, I've, I've got one. Oh, I've got one massive negative. And look, people out there mightn't be happy with me, but I'm going to go with it anyway, <laughs> that we didn't beat these mugs by plenty more. <laughs> but at least 10 goals. If they ever come off that ground again, they only win by 15 points. What a disgrace. We should have buried them. <laughs> Ah, uh, I'm glad you took some humour oh, no, out nice of the show. It. Nice no, one. That's, I'm, it. that's I'm, it. That's I'm, it. No I'm other negatives. I can't the, go on. Always being the pragmatist, I'm going to bring the humour down to a complete low level again here. I'm going to say, this week, uh, I'm I'm going to demand that the Carlton Football Club make sure that each individual at the Carlton Football, at, in the football personnel, is demanded to come up with a set shot routine for goal and let's be let's be uh, game bra- let's let's set new horizons in AFL here I don't care what you do I don't care how you do it but when you mark a football within range you better bloody know how to go back and actually look like you're going to kick a freaking goal because I am so jack at the poor standard of set shot kicking, not only in the competition but our team, that it, it is at times embarrassing. So, guys, just for that little one 10% improvement every week, you can always get better. Go and see Sav Rocker. He's not getting paid just for Levi bloody Casbolt. Every one of you go down and have a look at your set shot routine and get bloody better at it because it's there's no excuse. This is a 21st century. Over and out. Oh, we've got the we've got the uh, the perfect kick, haven't we? The old John Nichols flat punt. When it's wet, I was when sitting, it's wet. If you're thirty you know metres was, out, the John Nichols flat no. punt. Go and watch a replay. Who was the John who Nichols. was the king of the flat punt? Percy Jones. Percy Jones. Percy Jones flat punt. Percy. That's it. You're still alive, mate. It's a, get they need down you there, down Bruce. at the club. Get oh, down there. Uh, you're, you're, you're whistling Dixie, you bugs. The game's changed. The footballs aren't the same. There's... Flat punt, Andy. Uh, that, I don't was know. Half, that was I, half you. I know. Punt. I'm with you. I think, I think I, I take on board what you're saying. The reason I didn't put it as a negative yeah, because no, 20 out directly in front no, in those conditions. Just, it wasn't no, just about last well, weekend. Well, well, well. This is a general theme in football. No, no. Look, hey, I saw the security. I but called round, the security. Round one, we kicked fourteen five. There is an opportunity to be better. There is an opportunity to be better than just this everybody yeah. else. And I think you cut him some slack this week because of the conditions. Look, look yeah, Reece Palmer's Reece Palmer's never been a great set shot at goal in his entire career. Mm. That was woeful. But um, you know, maybe the conditions uh, you know accentuate it. I'd like to see. I hope Jack at some stage he's kicked two six now. I think for the year. I reckon he's had three or four shots from the same spot so, at the G, and and I think he's put them all to the. He misses to, to the, the near, near side. side. He does. He does. They're Come not on, bad Soss, kicks. They're get not your bad son kicks out there, and and we want him to slot those goals. They win matches. Them goals. Well, they do. They do. Those he's ha- ones do. He's having no trouble having shots at goal. He, yeah, should, yeah. he could be kicking one two or three goals. Yeah, one no, no. Just, just how happy were you for him? For Jack, how happy was he? You know what? First win. He played his best game of football. Oh, mate, he's a weekend. good footballer. Yeah. He's how hard did he work? No, he's, he's a good footballer. He worked was up, up and down the ground. It was massive, and like you know, you, you saw the vision. You saw what he did at the end of the at the end of the match. I, I listened to his um interview, after match yeah, yeah. interview, and you know, he, God, he says the right things. He's, he's just perfect, a bloody mate. beauty. He's, he's a perfect. bloody beauty. He's got good pedigree, I must, <laughs> yeah. must admit. But, uh, hey, can we give a cheerio out to someone? Uh, that Luke Ryan. Oh, I was going to mention yeah. that. No, no, oh, I was going to get... Yeah, once we get, we've no, got so, this bloke gex on Twitter mm-hmm. bunging up our uh, 
votes that we and he's collated them. Has he's, he? he's got he's, a spreadsheet. He's bung, He's got a spreadsheet. He's bunged oh, them up on Twitter. So follow Lukey you, Ryan. If you're, you're listen, a champion, if mate. you're listening to us, go follow him at Luke two one seven seven on Twitter at Luke two one seven seven. Luke Ryan's his name. Luke, hopefully you're listening. We're not going to do it from it. We'll give you the votes. Yeah, you just and then you hey, just, we, we might get him in. I can't the end add of the up year anyway. to read out the winners. The winners. He can he can yeah, come in round round twenty three or whatever it is. Oh, we might even be playing finals. Who knows? There's a bit of hubris slipping <laughs> in Gecko. Just one more um, to Brad. Brad, the Red Devil. Yep. Uh, he he tweeted me something about the tackles. He said that. Oh well, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, what? No, you have to be happy with that. Oh, he, very happy. Yeah. Well, he gave you. He put the numbers. He's put the numbers on Twitter mm. and said, "Here's a bit of footy porn for you, Baz. Just yeah, the yeah. number, the number. Yeah. Footy porn. Yeah, yeah. Porn. He said. He said, oh, I'm, this is porn to, to Baza. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, not exactly, but I know where you're coming from, Brad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, so the votes we're doing. You know, I'm sure you're aware of it by now. We're doing our own Carlton Show BNF and Luke Ryan at Luke two one seven seven. You're a superstar. Don't let us down, Luke. We've done the big pump up. I'm not even going to set up an Excel spreadsheet now because you're doing it for us. Um, Gecko, you go with your votes to kick it off, please. Well, I had 13 players in my votes this week. Um, you're a smart right. man. Here we go. Nah, four votes for the first time this season for me. Mark Murphy and Sam Rowe. I could not have seen them. We haven't mentioned Mark Murphy's did. name yet, so I thought you we'd... have. You said something about the goal. Oh, the goal, but we haven't talked about his game. Special. Mark Murphy Special. has. Been in this is the best start to a season in his career that I can remember. Yep, two goals in a seven goal total is phenomenal. That goal from the boundary was half ass and half class, but Jesus, what a great highlight! Yep, three votes to Cripper, Plowman, Gibbs, and SBS. Fantastic work, SBS, for your third, fourth game. That's amazing. Third. Uh, Third game. Two votes to uh, Jack Silvani, Marchbank, Ed Kerno, Cruz, and Simon White. Well done, Whitey. And one vote each to Levi, who I thought battled manfully in the conditions and showed much better body um, language than he did in previous weeks. And Sam Doherty, who finished off the game beautifully when it was uh, needed. Yeah, I gave four fours. Uh, I gave Murphy four, Plowman four, Rowe four, Gibbs four. Uh, then I went to Doherty three. I thought he was he had twenty kicks, no hand passes. That is fantastic. Set up behind the ball, and there was one deep in the last where he just chased after it and and, and went through them. Uh, Ed Kerno three. I thought Ed mm-hmm. Kerno improved like dramatically. Uh, did one goal two hit the scoreboard. Coach wants these midfielders hit the scoreboard. He's not. He wasn't just tagging. He actually created a little bit too. Um, Petrevsky two, Whitey. You mentioned Gex. One of the best games I've seen Whitey yeah. Intercep- intercepts. All time high for him. Um, Williamson. I gave Williamson two. Nothing wrong. First with that. game. First game. Nothing Williamson wrong with that, two. Bang. Yep. There it is. Hello. Uh, Cripps 2 Cruiser 2 Simo 1 And Silvani 1 <laughs> Hello um, So everybody gets a vote from me oh, I oh. thought I thought it was such a um, an Everyone ass, Everyone got a vote Do I get one too? Oh, no, I'll take please. one So um, Murphy 4 uh, For the same reasons You both mentioned I gave Doherty 4 Doherty was in Nothing got past Sam Doherty. In fact, Doherty and Rowe, for the same reason, Doherty and Rowe both got four. So Murphy, Doherty and Rowe, four. Nothing got past them. I can't remember a ball getting past Doherty and Rowe. And we, that has been our weakness, out the mm. back, cheapies. And on a day like that, um, when with their forward line, you know, the Fantasias and the McDonald Tip and Woodies and the Zach Merritts, they love getting behind the last line of the defence. That is their bread and butter. We didn't let it happen. Those blokes refused to let it happen, um, and I thought it was magnificent. The official uh, 1% account, I, I'm, there's pressure acts in 1%. I'm not massive into stats, but I did notice that Sam Rowe was credited with 11 one percenters, which was a team high by four. He had four more than our next. Now, our next was Levi Casbolt, funnily mm. enough. Mm. Um, so he he was supreme. I, I just loved his game. I, I love him. I, his story's a great story. Um, 
I just think he's a terrific man around our football club, and I thought he played a sensational game on the weekend. Three votes to Gibbs, Kerno, Plowman, and Cruiser. I don't think we spent enough time talking about Cruiser again tonight. The big um, tractor. Today. The big tractor. He, he was immense in the contest. Finished full of running. Too. Immense in the contest. Mm. We've got an issue coming up. We've got an issue. We flagged this a few weeks ago with Andy Phillips. Played on the weekend. I don't know how many weeks he's going to need before he's going to be ready for senior selection. Sounds like they're going to be fairly conservative with him um, on the comeback trail. But he played in the VFL on the weekend. We've got a real issue here. We're going to have to think about this, and maybe this is something we need to dedicate a bit of time to perhaps next week um, as to the best way of balancing this. Because there's no doubt in my mind the Cruiser plays his best footy when he's one out. Hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. I've, I've, I've always thought that was the case. And Phillips is a ruckman. And we don't necessarily want to take a ruckman in who can't be a genuine forward. We've already got um, Levi down. So, look, we'll spend some time talking about it. But I just thought Cruiser was really important. Two votes to Cripps, Simo, White, Petreski, Seaton, and Williamson. Um, and one vote to everybody else. I, I, I couldn't leave anyone out this week. I just thought it was, if I was a coach looking at that performance, I reckon everybody, down to probably... I don't know, Sam Kerridge probably would have been our 22nd player. I don't know, maybe it's been a bit unfair on Sam, but he might have been our 22nd. But, but he had moments. He had moments where he did the right thing and he you know, mm. sort of was hard at it and he um, got a ball when he needed to get a ball. And I just think it was such an um, important um, team performance that it would have been, I would have felt wrong leaving anyone else. So yeah, um, I've got them all in. Something um, on the resis. You saw him? Yeah, yeah, I went down at... Uh, Port Melbourne. Uh, it wasn't a good game to watch. We got beat. Um, I thought we were pretty average over the whole day. But the shining lights were definitely uh, Nick Graham. I had, thought he was clearly the best player. Oh, he had plenty of it. Plenty of it. Um, would have been good actually playing yesterday in the rain. Would have been, you know, he would have adapted to those conditions. I think Nick Graham, Paulson had a massive game. Uh, the club's really, really keen on him. I've had four people connected to the club. We've all said that Paulson will be a pretty good, a very good player for us. He's hard at it, he's quick, um, and he's going well. Uh, Fisher, two goals. Just see his last goal, Fisher. No, I, I, I had to leave. Oh. It, was in, it was in the last stages of the last. Kicked quarter. the last two of the game, wasn't oh, yeah. he? He's, he's cranked. Was it on like, TV? Yeah, well, they had a. V, it's I don't know if it's still available. But the VFL website had a oh. replay. They okay. streamed it. They streamed it live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Fisher was good. Cunningham had his good patches, but we can see more out of him. Uh, Sheehan, I thought, was okay. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the, here's the real thing. Uh, oh, sorry, Mackay hurt himself in the first 30 seconds, copped a corky in the buttocks, and that was pretty much him done for the day he played, but he had restricted movement. Yeah, so, right, but, yeah. he, you know. Here's the thing. We've got Graham, Paulson, Fisher, Cunningham, Sheehan, Mackay when he's right... Smets, Charlie Kerno didn't play on the weekend, and Kieran Byrne when he comes in. There's nine players. Andrew Phillips. And Andrew Phillips. Uh, did you mention Phillips? Did I mention Phillips? Uh, Andrew Phillips as well. So there's ten players now, not playing for us in the seniors, who if any one of those came into the seniors right now, I'd have no hesitation putting them in. Mm. And it wouldn't bother me right, at all. This is something different to... The past, and I, and please, I, I hate talking about the past, but in the past, you'd be looking at your 22nd to 28th player as not really being your best. Yeah. You know, These guys here will be okay, no problems. I've got no problems with any of them coming in the side. Even if we had to drop three or four this week because of soreness or whatever, and three or four of these guys that we mentioned come in, I don't have no dramas there. And look, maybe this week we might let ourselves down against Gold Coast. Who knows? I've got no idea. I mean, look, you know what footy's like. We're no certainty against Gold Coast. But if they want to make some changes because of soreness, I've got no problems with mm. three or four of them coming in. Well, let's get 30,000 along. We're not here for the club, but wouldn't it be nice if, if there was a good crowd on Saturday night against the Queensland team? Um, make some said, noise. That, that said to the players, hey, we like what you're doing. Yeah. We like what you're doing. So well, if, you, if you can get along, let's not send nine. Let's not have them run out in front of 19 or 20,000. Let's get 30, 32, 33,000 there on Saturday night. And let these kids 
um, and the senior blokes know that you know we're really in your corner. We love what you're doing, fellas, and um, keep it up. Well, it's be, it's not good. a gimme game, boys. Oh, it's not a gimme it, game. No, I mean, there'll be, be people saying, "Oh, who are we playing Gold Coast this did week you at home?" Did, oh, we'll win easy. Did you see what they did to Hawthorne? Exactly. It's not a gimme game. Let's no. treat it like a big game that they it kicked, is. Uh, Ten goals in the third quarter, yeah. and all of them were over the back, which is scary from what we have seen happen to us in the past. Yeah. Oh, they can run, mate. This is the test coming off a wet track where we had time to set up at the back. Now can we adjust in a fast situation? Let's see. Can we continue that form? Let's see how far we've come in the mind. You'll know in the first 10 or 15 minutes in this game whether we're on or not. Mm. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we can, you know, bring it together on Saturday night. Boys, uh, that's our first win. We've had a win on the Carlton Show. <laughs> Any final words for Matthew Lloyd? Surely Diesel was taking the piss, wasn't he? Diesel well, was we can eat his words now. I mean, he, he, he's right about someone kicking someone's ass. It was know. us kicking their he's ass. He's taking the piss. No. Oh, look, I listened to it. I actually listened to it. I actually got on there. I, I couldn't help myself. And he actually said that uh, the first few weeks he found it hard walking into the Essendon Footy Club wearing the red and black, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And they egged him on a little bit when they asked him about who do you think will win, you know, and they, they sort of egged him on a little bit. And he said it, I feel he said it with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. Well, but, I reckon uh, it would have been, to- hopefully it was totally tongue-in-cheek. Well, I'm not sure if it was totally. I mean, he's got to say the right thing now that he's at the club, doesn't he? But... um who cares what he says anyway? We've got the chocolates. Well, I do care what he says because he gave me great joy for a lot of years. Oh, well, mate. Those players, those blokes move around all the time. I know. I know. Who cares? Right on. Who cares? Um, Water products back. Enjoy the week. Hey, the blue bangers. Enjoy the build up to Saturday night, and we'll be back next week to do it all again. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. They will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark moon.